Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. I want to say this before we move on. Um, so important as, as this weekend is a weekend to honor our veterans. I wonder if you're here this morning and you are a veteran, you have served or are serving our country in any branch of the military. Would you just lift your hand so we could recognize you? Thank you so much. Can we just honor those this morning? Thank you so much. This is your weekend. This is your holiday. I've heard many veterans tell me on Memorial Day, this is not, I'm still alive. This is not for me, but this Veterans Day is for our veterans. So let me say thank you so much to those that have served. Genesis chapter 24 verse 12 we're going to read verses 12 through 14 i'm gonna read from the king james this morning says this and he said "O lord god of my master abraham i pray thee send me good speed this day and show kindness unto my master abraham behold i stand here by the well of water the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water let it come to pass that the damsel to whom i shall say let down thy pitcher i pray thee that i may drink and she shall say drink and i will give thy camels drink also let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant isaac thereby shall i know that thou hast shown kindness unto my master i want to preach to you for a few moments this morning on the subject of how to have the guidance of god would you pray with me father Thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the worship, the praise that has gone on. Thank you, O Lord, for the opportunity to be able to give glory and honor to your name through song, through worship, through giving and tithes and offerings. Lord, now we come to this place where we pull ourselves up to the master's table to break the bread of life. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, God. I pray that you would open their hearts, minds, and spirits. As I preached last week, I pray, God, that you'd make us all good dirt. Lord, that you would, as the seed of the word goes forth, that you would find ourselves producing a hundredfold harvest in Jesus' name. And I pray that you'd help me this morning. Give me the clarity of thought, the clarity of speech that is so necessary to do what you've called me to do. And God, we just thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. Before you see it, turn around to four or five people. Give them a fist bump and tell them, you are looking good this morning. As we come to Genesis chapter 24, we find ourselves in the really toward the end of Abraham's story, the father of the faithful. We find ourselves looking at now they have he has had this promise, the promise of the son, Isaac. Sarah, who was an old lady when she had Isaac, now has just passed on. Sarah lived to be 127 years old. And to Isaac, the death of his mother was a great personal loss. And although he was a grown man at the time of his death, he had always lived at home and been the recipient of his mother's love and devotion and was the subject of her constant hope and prayer. At this point, we know that Isaac was now probably about 37 years old. 
His mother is dead, and now his father Abraham knows that his time is coming to an end on earth also. And he wants what every parent wants for their child. He wants a godly spouse for them. And now we know, we look at this, you know, even sometimes before I go too fast through here, I was talking to someone just the other day, and we look at life, and of course, you know, if we looked at this today, many times we think, man, he was 37 years old living in Abraham and Sarah's basement, you know, playing video games or something. It wasn't quite that scenario. The culture was different then. You know, honestly, you know, the more I look at this and the more I see it, I wonder you know, if that's not why we have such stress as we have today, you know, the number that we've come up with, especially here in America, 18 years old. Well, you're 18, you graduated high school, get out the house. You got to find some place to live. You got to find some place to do. Now, I'm all about, at some point, kids have got to grow up. Uh, But as we look at the life of Isaac, as we would see it in today's American perspective, being at home at 37, we would think it was a failure, but it was completely natural to be in that family uh, environment there. And I have to think that perhaps it was the Lord's blessing to Sarah also that she was able to enjoy him, that she had him at such an old age and was still able to enjoy him for 37 years at the end of her life. We find Abraham, Isaac's father, begins to make plans. He knows that Sarah's dead now, and he knows that he's got to find a wife for his son. And also, uh, this was the type, but uh, this is how the world worked back then. I don't think either one of my girls would be happy if I was to try to go and find them a husband, make a deal with somebody, and find a husband and arrange marriage But that was the world back then. And so Abraham was doing what a father would do and made plans with his chief servant to secure a wife for his now lonesome son. And the faithful servant had made the journey requested by Abraham, and he brought Rebekah to Isaac without Isaac's approval or disapproval. Here's the deal. It's almost like a mail-order bride. Isaac had never seen Rebekah. Uh, he just knew that his father's most choice, trusted servant shows up with him, a wife, one day. And the selection of Rebekah for Isaac was that custom, but it also revealed the meekness and the acquiescence of Isaac, that he was willing to go where his father, ultimately where God, because he believed that his father heard from God and that the servant was operating under uh, the anointing, basically, and the direction of his father. And Abraham did, and his servant did a good job in selecting Rebekah for Isaac because the Bible portrays her as a kind, gracious, beautiful, and charming woman. Now, as if everybody, of course, now some of y'all, y'all are thinking that know uh, the story, you know, well, she wasn't, Rebekah wasn't completely did. She had a little deception there toward the end with the twin boys that she had. But listen, nobody was perfect. Ain't nobody ever lived on this planet perfect. Somebody say Amen. So we find that this story is told in Genesis 24, reveals to us how we can have the guidance of God in daily 
matters. You know, in, in this place that we live in a university town, as we're looking at young people, we're surrounded by young people, and they've come here most of the time. By the time they come here, uh, they've kind of, they've obviously got an idea where they're going to school because they come to Starkville to go to school. But in this age in life, I'm, I'm amazed. I, I know you've heard me say this, but I'm continually amazed at the huge choices with a daughter in college now, I'm reminded of myself of how many huge choices we've got to make that will affect the rest of our life in that little span of time between 18 and 22 there, our, our careers, our, our, our mates. We have all of this, these choices to make, uh, and we are very, very inexperienced at that time. And so again, I, the, my rambling thought sometimes times is thinking about how all that works, you know, and thinking about, well, now in this story in the Bible, Isaac was 37 and he didn't even pick her, Abraham and the servant picked her. So uh, again, I'm not saying that I'm going back to arranged marriages or think that's right, but I, I do see where there's a lot of decisions that have to be made. But here's the good news of this, that we find in this story that we can have the guidance of God in everything that goes on in our lives. So let's pull out these important and instructive guidelines based on the story. Number one, if you're taking notes, to have the guidance of God, we must realize that we have been sent on a mission. In chapter 24, our text here in verse 4, it says, But thou shalt go unto my country, this is Abraham speaking to his servant, and to my kindred, and take a wife unto my son, Isaac. So the thought of a bride for Isaac originated in the mind and the heart of Abraham as the outcome of his love for his son. Can I tell you that God has plans and purposes for us, and our plans and purposes that are the best for us go back to the Father, the Heavenly Father. Can I remind you that what he has for you and what he has for me is the best thing for us? The plans that God has for us are to prosper us and bless us. And Abraham chose his eldest servant for the the task of selecting a bride for Isaac, and the servant set out to accomplish the task his master had given him. You see, I'm reminded in this that all of us have tasks to perform in life, and in fact, God has purpose for every life. One of the very first sermons that I started to preach in my ministry after God had called me, I don't know how many times I preached it, I don't even know how many more times I will preach it, but I went to the, to the Bible where Ezra the scribe stood upon a pulpit of wood, and the Bible said he stood upon a pulpit of wood which was made for the purpose. And that's always struck me that if a pulpit, a piece of wood, a, a piece of furniture can have a purpose, how much more do living, breathing human beings made in the likeness and image of God, how much more do we have purpose in our life? I know it's 9 o'clock and I know y'all are still sleepy, but I just need to tell somebody here today. I know sometimes it seems like we're just going around in this life and we're just going through the motions and like feel like sometimes that our lives are insignificant, but I just need to tell you if you've got breath in your body, you are a creation of the Most High God. You are made in the image and the likeness of God. You are the apple of his eye. You are the sheep of his pasture. And God has purpose for your life. He has a plan for your life. He has a mission for your life. And don't you ever let the lies of the enemy sink in and convince you that God doesn't have a plan and a purpose for your life. If you believe that, give him praise this morning. 
You see, if we are to perform his will, we must know what it is and have the guidance of God in doing it. You see, it does take a little work. It takes a little prayer. It takes a little seeking to say, Lord, what is your purpose in my life? What is your purpose in my life? What do you have for my life? Number two, if you're taking notes, to have the guidance of God, we must be in the way. I want you to see this in context because I'm not talking about in the way like, hey, you're in my way, get out of the way. Look at verse 27 if you would. This is the servant. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham who hath not not left destitute my master of his mercy and truth. I being in the way, the Lord led me to the house of my master's brethren. What does that mean? Being in the way means having our feet in the path that God approves by doing what God wants us to do. As far as I know and everything that I read, I, I don't find that God ever told the servant that here's, here's the house of Rebecca. This is where I want you to go. All I know is he had a general direction of going back to where Abraham was from. That's what Abraham said. He said, I want you to go back. I want you to go there. There was never any idea, but, but the servant said, I've just got to get on the way. I don't know all the details. I don't know every single story. I don't know exactly how things are going to happen. I just know a general direction of where God, of where the master is sending me, and I've got to go in that direction. I wish I could stand up here and tell you that God will give you every single detail of your life, but unfortunately, that's not the case. Sometimes he gives you the general direction, and he's waiting for you to get in the way, to get in the path, to start on the way of God where God is wanting you to go, and as you go along, God will then and give you the details of where you need to go. You see, Jesus spoke this great principle when he said, if any man will do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. You see, I believe when we get in the way, God will direct us. And here's the thing. I believe many times God doesn't give us all the details because he knows if he gave us all the details, we probably wouldn't go. I'm just going to be honest. I'm not, spir- not going to try to act like I am spiritual enough. If I knew every detail of every problem I would face, I probably would not have followed the Lord in some of the ways that I have when it truly was His will. If I knew every battle I was going to have to face, if I knew every issue as I was going to have to face, I would probably do my best to try to go another direction or try to go around it. But when God's will the whole time is for me to go through it, we've got to trust that God's taking us in the right way. Thirdly, to have the guidance of God, you ready for this deep, deep, I'm about to drop something deep here. To have the guidance of God, we must ask for it. I I like that. You know, there's a meme out there. I don't know if y'all have ever seen it. And it's like, it's, it's at the top, it says, when I drop a truth to my congregation and it's people in pews like, and then it's like, when T.D. Jakes or Stephen Furtick says the same thing and it's these people dancing and shouting and everything, you know, so. Y'all are getting it. (laughs) To have the guidance of God, we must ask for it. It is clearly evident that Abraham's servant asked for it and got the guidance of God in finding Isaac a bride. So we find that that was our text that we read. He'd already been given instructions by Abraham, but on his way, 
on his way there, he stops and he says, O Lord God of my master Abraham, I pray thee, send me good speed this day. Show kindness unto my master Abraham. Behold, I stand here by the well of water. The daughters of the men of sin had come out. Let it, in other words, he was praying to God. God, direct me in this. Sometimes we, just, we head on our way and we just never ask God for any direction anymore. But I believe to have God's guidance, you need to ask for it. Again, it's just like any needs that we have in our life. You say, well, God's all-knowing, isn't he? He knows every need in our life. Yes, he does. But the way God's done it and the way Rachel, she said, one, you know, she mentioned the other day, one of the things that I say, and I do say it a lot, in God's economy and the way God sets this whole thing up, yes, God knows every need we have in our life, but still he wants us to come to him and ask. He said, yes, he knows we need direction, but he wants us to come to him and to ask. You see, his task was more than that of obeying his master Abraham. The task of finding a wife for Isaac became joy to him. He became, this became not something dreadful. This was not something, I'm going to do this because my master asked me to and I don't like it. Oh, I could stop and preach there for a little bit. How many of us in, in serving the Lord, when he asks us to do something, how many times we're like, I'm, I'm going to do it, but I don't like it. I know I'm supposed to do this. I know I'm supposed to go to church. I know I'm supposed to, but I don't want to do it. But we find here that the servant, that he not only obeyed, but we found that he had joy in serving his master. What happened to the joy of the church in serving the master? What happened when, when the church used to be glad to be able to come and, and serve the Lord? You know, you hear stories. I've heard stories of this building right here, of, of people, when this building was built, would get off work and come up here as much as they could to come and build this church, you know. It seems like those days are long gone, and now it's just like if we could drag ourselves here for a Sunday morning service, that seems like that's almost too much to ask for also. Oh, man, it's real quiet. But what a privilege it was to secure a bride for Isaac, his master's son. I don't even know that the servant really realized the significance of what he was doing either. Because what was this doing ultimately? What was, what was the biggest thing that was coming out? Obviously, yeah, Isaac needed a wife. But what was the biggest thing coming out of this? The biggest thing coming out of this was not even that it was going to create a lineage of David, but the biggest thing that was going to come out of this was it was creating a lineage for who? For Jesus, the Savior of the world. But standing there at the well, the servant really, all he could see at that point, oh, God help me preach this this morning. The servant, all he could see was I'm just uh, helping out, uh, you know, I've got to help my master. His son needs a wife. And in that moment, it could seem small and significant. But what he didn't see was on down the road of the significance of what God was going to do. You never know what God is doing in your life and the significance it may have on down the road. And I'm not even talking about five minutes from now. I'm even talking about 50, 100 years from now. What God wants to do in you, the significance for what you are doing for him could have in the future. He gave himself to the task when he asked God to guide him. The Bible teaches in John 15 and 7. This is Jesus, excuse me, Matthew 7 and 7 first. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. And then in John 15 and 7 says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you shall ask what you will and it shall be done 
unto you. God's guidance is yours for the asking. God's will and the accomplishment of his will come through the privilege of prayer. You know, every day, every day, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I try to do it every day and say, Lord, guide me today. Guide me in what you want me to do today. Now listen, sometimes there's some bigger stuff that i got to get specific with. Anybody ever faced those things before? Sometimes there's some specific things that I just really got to get specific on and start praying over them specifically. But then there's also, I try to daily say, Lord, I want you to guide me. Everything I do today, guide me where you want me to go. You know, connect me with whoever I need to connect with. Help me to influence or bless somebody or, or be in somebody's presence and help somebody today. I don't even know anything about it right now, but you know and guide me. To have his guidance, you need to ask for it. Fourth, to have the guidance of God. You ready for this one? These are real deep. We must expect it. Abraham's servant prayed earnestly that God would guide him. Verse 14 again. I don't think you can get the scripture too much. And let it come to pass that the damsel to whom I shall say, let down thy pitcher, I pray thee, that I may drink, that she shall say, drink, and I will give thy camels drink also. Let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant Isaac, and thereby shall I know that thou hast showed kindness unto my master. The servant had prayed this way, and now he expected an answer to his prayer. How many times do we pray stuff and we don't even believe it ourselves? Again, I'm not going to stand up here and try to act like I'm so spiritual that I've never done that before. There's, there's been plenty of times where I have prayed, and I just pray, well, I'm going to pray this because this is what I'm supposed to do, but I don't even know if God's going to do it. Y'all are all looking, y'all are way too spiritual for that, I know. But there's been times that I've done that. But this servant, he prayed, and he expected God to do something. He was prepared to accept God's answer and accept whomever God had appointed. You know what I believe? I know that what we're dealing here with is an Old Testament twist to all of this, but I believe I see something. I believe I see when you read back in the chapters previous, we find, excuse me, it's the same chapter, the beginning of chapter 24. And Abraham was old and was well stricken in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. You know what I believe? I believe that servant had watched the life of Abraham. And he had watched. He'd been around Abraham for a long time. He had watched how God had given Abraham a baby in his old age. He watched how God had blessed Abraham in everything and gave him faith to do that. You know, sometimes, I know I'm going to step on a Thanksgiving sermon before next week here a little bit. But you know, sometimes we got to have a spirit of expectation because we've seen him do it before. You know, I've got to believe and expect God because I know God, this ain't the first thing I've ever asked for. And when you do it, it ain't going to be the first thing you've ever done for me. Because when I look back over my life, I see how you have blessed me and how you have prospered me and how you have taken care of me. And the servant looked back on the life of his master, Abraham, and saw how God had blessed him and taken care of him and blessed everything he set his hands to do. And in that, it gave him faith to know and accept expect that when he asked this for his master Abraham that if God had done all of that stuff there was no way that God couldn't do what he was asking for now he was prepared to accept God's answer 
and to accept whomever God had appointed for it. Now that's a whole nother that I don't have time for this morning. Sometimes we get some preconceived ideas about what we want God to do and who we want God to do it through. But we've got to be willing, if we're going to ask for God to do something and we want God to do it, we need to be really willing and ready to accept what God sends our way. He prayed, expected, and answered and left it all in God's hands. You see, we'll have the guidance of God when we pray and expect an answer to our praying. And sometimes, sometimes we're guilty of this. Sometimes instead of saying, oh Lord, guide me, the whole time what we're meaning is, Lord, let me guide thee. This is what I think should happen, Lord. This is the way I think it should all work out right here. This is how I think the whole story should play out. So God, would you make this happen? But that ain't how the prayer is supposed to go. It's supposed to be not my will, but thy will be done. Fifth, I'm almost done. I got seven, so I, I see the time. Fifth, to have the guidance of God, we must look for it in other people. Ooh, this really takes some faith here. In chapter 24, verse 58, And they called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? And she said, I will go. Well, I've I, I never ceased to be amazed at that part of the story. I, I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine as a young girl, this dude shows up. Now, he had quite a, you read about it. Now, he didn't show up empty-handed. I mean, he came with a whole train of gifts and gold and, and showing the wealth, and I'm going to get to that in a second, of, of, of Abraham. But still, I mean, this dude shows up and is like, hey, my master, he's got a son, he's single and ready to mingle. You want to come back with me? And I, I think about that. And, and she said, I will. I will go. The trusted servant could see the guidance of God in Rebecca's answer and in Rebecca's actions. And he understood that God had been at work in her life too. Now I want you to be careful here and I don't want you to misunderstand me that God will use people and he will give us guidance through people. And it's always in tandem with how he's been dealing with us already. You see, I believe that the servant understood that God had been in work in her life also. And often when God speaks to us, he speaks to others about it. He also speaks to us through others. Now again, I want you to be careful because sometimes people can get carried away and, and they think it's the Lord telling them something and then they say it's a prophecy or a word of God. And if it don't line up at all with your spirit, can I just say you better be careful of that? Well, half of y'all, quarter of y'all kind of somewhat believe that. You see, I believe it always works in tandem. I'm, I, I know it doesn't say this in the Bible, but I truly believe this. I believe God had already been preparing Rebecca, working on Rebecca. 
And I believe that when the servant showed up, this was not something new. Now, she may not have known all the details of it, exactly what was going to happen, but there had been a stirring. Anybody ever had that happen to you before? You don't know the details of what's going to but you just feel like God's about to do something. God's about to move in some way. God's about to do something. You feel it already. And when it comes, you're like, well, there it is. That's it right there. And so sometimes God will work through other people to confirm. Now, sometimes I've had it. Listen, I've had some wackos that they say this is what God said. I don't believe God was within a million miles of it. But then I've also had people that were spot on. And they said it and didn't nobody know it. But it was a confirmation of what God had already been saying to me already. So can I say this? And you've heard me say this before. Here's one more time. Just because somebody puts, thus saith the Lord, in front of it, you better test it and make sure it's God. Sometimes we can see his guidance for our lives in the lives of others. Six, to have the guidance of God, we must proclaim God's purpose. I'm not going to read all of the rest of it, but we find that the servant, as he had prayed, and then he comes to Rebecca's house, comes to her father's house, and he begins to talk about what God was going to do. He began to talk about how the Lord had, had blessed Abraham. The servant's one, one, the servant's one purpose was to announce his master's purpose, the will of Abraham. You see, that's what you and I are here to do. We're here to announce the will of the Father. We're here to tell people the will of the Father. What is his will? Well, we know there's some general will in the Bible. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We know that his will is that nobody has to die and go to hell, but he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We are here to announce the master's purpose. The servant not only proclaimed it, he went on to proclaim the resources of Abraham. And look at verse 35. He said, and the Lord hath blessed my master greatly, and he is become great. He hath given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and men servants and maid servants and camels and asses. And then the glory of the son. And Sarah, my master's wife, bare a son to my master when she was old. And unto him hath he given all that he had. You see, I believe that Christians are instruments in the hand of the Holy Spirit to proclaim the greatness of of the Father and the glory of Christ the Son. Does that verse 35, does that sound familiar to you? You see, sometimes God wants us to go around and remind everybody about the Father and how much He has. He wants us to go ahead and go around and remind some folks that are in need. Well, my God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He wants us to remind people the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. He, it's already happened. This, the story's already taken place before for here. Him and I, Isaac and Abraham's already been on the mountain and God's already provided the ram, Jehovah Jireh, and looked forward and saw the lamb. God wants us, some, sometimes we just got to open up our mouth and listen, we need to hear ourselves proclaim it sometimes. We need to hear ourselves speak it. Don't just whisper. I don't know what's happened to us as Pentecostal people. We used to be the loud folks. And listen, so I know sometimes God moves in the still small voice, but there's sometimes that you got to open up your mouth 
and you need to hear yourself say it. You need Your own ears need to hear your voice say it, that my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You need to open up your mouth and proclaim the goodness and the resources of the Lord in your life. Finally, number seven, if you're taking notes, to have the guidance of God, we must accept when it's given. What did the servant do when it became evident that Rebecca was to become Isaac's bride? He immediately talked with her family, secured permission to take her to Isaac, and proceeded to bring her to him. Sometimes we seek the Lord's will. We ask for the Lord's will. And yet, when God gives us the answer, sometimes we're not that happy about it. But the proper thing to do is when God gives you that, when you know it's Him. I'm not talking about you're still guessing. When you know it's Him, but it's just not quite what you thought it would be or wanted it to be when you know it's God it's time to accept it and there he introduced him he took Rebecca home and he introduced them to each other the Bible said in Genesis 24 and 67 Isaac took Rebecca and she became his wife again what happened here what happened here was more than just starting a happy family What happened here was more than just carrying on the lineage of Abraham. What happened here was not what was going to, not just what was going to lead to the kingdom of Israel and David and Solomon and the greatest times of its history. It was not only them, but really the most important of it all was that Jesus Christ, the Savior of all the world, would be born through the lineage of Abraham. And a significant part of it was there in that journey when the servant traveled with no real definite direction, just like, go back to my land. Go back to where I came from. Go back to where, and and look. Listen, sometimes we're journeying, journeying in this life. We don't have the exacts, and we don't have it. Ask for it. Seek the Lord for it. Listen, here it is. Realize we've been sent on a mission. Realize we must be in the way. Don't sit still. Get going in the general direction. Ask for it. Accept it when it comes. Look for it in other people's lives. Proclaim it. Proclaim God's purpose. And accept when given. Stand with me, if you will, please, this morning. I know that, and I mentioned that in those college years, the end of high school, the college years, there's just a whole lot of decisions that have to be made. That's not the only time of our lives. All of us in our lives, as we continue on, we've got different choices we've got to make. You know, I see it. I see it in different. See it in different ways in different lives. 
you know, if you're around people very long, you know, just take my family. I've got one daughter that's in that freshman college. She's got choices. She's got decisions to make in, in that area. As I guess middle age is what I am now. You know, we have, Jamie and I, we have, we have decisions to make, choices to make. I look at then I look on I look at my look at my parents you know I asked daddy just yesterday how much longer to retirement two years just this week somebody else talking about retirement talking about Medicare and Social Security all these different decisions you know you gotta you gotta make so I'm not saying listen I know choices choice you don't get to make all of them when you're in that college age and they're over every single one of us all throughout our lives we have choices to make. And here's what I want. Every choice I make as an individual, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, I want the guidance of God. Because I want the Lord's will to be done in every situation in my life. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Find out more about us. Follow us on social media at Starkville COG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at StarkvilleCOG.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.